Hello and welcome to the latest Coleman Had a Dream podcast. I am here as ever with Ruth. Hello. Uh, back from your exotic travels. Um, <laughs> we, I'm not, not sure digging ditches with the Masai Mara counts as exotic, but it was a great trip. Well, it's more exotic than anything I've done. Really. <laughs> um, anyway, we are here to talk about the Trinidad game and the Slovakia game and a few other bits and bobs as well. Uh, just going to concentrate on Wales today, no club stuff. Um so we'll start off with the Trinidad game. Um, I know you're away, so I haven't seen much of it, only seen bits and bobs. Um, first of all, the lineup Warding Goal, Gunter, Williams, Dummett, and Taylor at the back. Volks and Evans as kind of holding midfielders with Roberts, Thomas, and Hedges as a kind of attacking midfielders, and then Ben Woodburn up front. Um, I thought it was quite an interesting lineup. Do you? I mean, it- it's about the purpose of the game, which is what we were talking about beforehand, wasn't it? It It is clearly a B team. Yeah. But I like the fact that the formation echoes what we then did on Sunday. Okay. And there's a, there's a kind of mechanism to that. Um, and you could see it with a, a few people that subbed in and out in both games, that the, the sort of the pattern seemed to be there. Uh, so hopefully that's a, a step forward in terms of the what and who we are yeah, as a unit as an and subunits as well for that matter no I totally agree and I think you could see that in different parts of the play like normally I would have gone for Roberts up front and Woodburn being the wide player and in doing what Giggs did it meant that Woodburn was kind of the false nine which is also the role that Bale then played mm-hmm. later on and um, I, I said I, like I wrote in my blog I thought it was quite interesting the way that the two holding midfielders kind of dropped in trying to to create space in front of mm-hmm. them and kind of players moved and used that space, which is again similar to what our aim was in slightly different ways against Slovakia. But as you say, it's interesting that that game plan runs throughout the whole mm-hmm. squad. Um, I was surprised to see Ash start because I assumed he would then play the Slovakia game. Mm-hmm. Um, but in hindsight, you know. It seems, looking back now in hindsight, it seems like the Wrexham game was almost like a tryout for yeah. him. That's what it feels like, given what happened in the Slovakia game and him not being involved. I think that was really interesting. Um, I think, you know, Giggs has been very upfront that Ash is the captain while he's in the squad. and But clearly he doesn't necessarily mean mean captain on the field yeah. in the, you know, in, in the game, the moment kind of, of the game. Captain, isn't yeah. It? So... That I found interesting. And, I mean, you commented as well in the blog that you, you felt he was off the pace and, and and clearly he didn't do enough in that game to impress Giggs yeah. enough to make it on the Sunday. Or Giggs thought that there'd been enough mileage by the end of Thursday's yeah. game. Um, but equally, did they really have much, as a back unit, did they really have much opportunity to show what they were made of. I think it's interesting. I I don't think they had a huge amount to do in a defensive capacity, but there were patches of the game where they needed to kind of be on the ball. Mm -hmm. Um, The thing I thought was most interesting in comparison to who had a good game and who didn't is that when they came out of defence with a ball, I thought that's where I think that was kind of more the audition than the Mm -hmm. defending. And I thought that's where Ash was really poor in the way he kind of gave the ball away and misplaced passes. And he's got into this habit, if there's nothing on, of just doing like this weird kind of floated diagonal that Mike Williamson used to do a lot for <laughs> Newcastle United. Um, and I 
and that really frustrated me. In contrast to that, I thought Paul Dummett had a very good game, and the reason for that was not that he had to do much defensively, but more in the way that he brought the ball out and he used the ball and um, and, and stuff like that. So I, I thought in that regard, you're right, they didn't defensively have much to do, but I think in the way that they played, mm-hmm. they had quite a lot to do. Um, it's interesting to me, just looking at that again with hindsight, in that each of those three had game time to to kind of audition to play alongside Mepham. Like Lawrence, James Lawrence came on, obviously Dummett started and, and Ash started as well. Um, and I would have thought that in the end, it probably would have been a toss-up between Dummett and Lawrence, who was mm-hmm. playing alongside Mepham, in the end, yeah, just because of the way they kind of play the ball out. I think that, that was the kind of player he was after. Um, and so much so that, and I know we'll get on to the Slovakia game after, but when he came on against Slovakia, Rash, it was more in a, in a battering ram type role yeah. in terms of we wanted him to win headers and clear things out rather than worry about how he played. So I thought it was impressive, again, from Giggs in, in that he was looking at not just kind of a few simple things, but a lot of how it benefits the team playing in different ways and different formats. Yeah, and I think if we're using a back four, the distribution from the centre of that is really important. And I, I mean, we'll get, I'm getting ahead, but I thought Lawrence's distribution in the Slovakia game was really good. I agree. And you, you weren't, as you say, we weren't seeing that in Thursday's game. So from a from a audition point of view, you can see why he met Giggs's sort of mental picture perhaps better than Ash 100%. has been doing. Hundred yeah. percent. Um, moving up the field, I thought that um, the, the two holding midfielders kind of had very different games. But Volk started a bit slowly, but kind of got into the game fairly well and was quite effective uh, in the burst forward he made. But also, he you know he shot almost every time he got the ball. Um, he broke up play quite well. Mm-hmm. He seemed quite aggressive, which I liked. Um, whereas uh, Evans didn't pass the ball in an attacking way at all. Didn't really do much to break up play. He seemed kind of a bit of a passenger, which against the team, whilst they're well drilled, of the standard of Trinidad, did did kind of concern me a little bit. But I was impressed by Volk. Volk sorry, I, I'm glad he then got on again. I know we're jumping ahead against yeah. Slovakia, but I'm glad he got on because I, I thought he helped shore things up a bit. Um, it was the the attacking quartet that I was kind of most intrigued by, I guess, because I thought Hedges, I thought he was the poorest of the four and I've seen other people say different things so it just goes to show how different everyone's opinion mm-hmm. is but um, I, I thought he didn't kind of get in the game he didn't do much he didn't he didn't do anything when he did have the ball um, I was actually really impressed by Woodburn mm-hmm. I felt like he really looked like he had a point to prove um, and the way he he, he felt like a leader. He felt much more mature than his years, and he was kind of everywhere. He was taking corners and kind of trying to boss a lot of situations. When you consider he must be what I don't know, thirteen now. Like, <laughs> it, it was quite. A, I, I was really impressed by yeah. that. Um, I mean, the irony is he's one of the most cap players on that field. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's with four caps. Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, obviously, there's different things at the at the back end if you look at look at. Williamson and, yeah. and Gunter, but across the team as a whole, he was amongst the most experienced yeah. international players there. I, yeah, I agree. And I wonder whether he'd been kind of charged with, you know, ju- you can do it on this stage, Ben. Show us you can do it yeah. on this stage. Take control. Um, and he looked like he was enjoying himself. I totally agree. Which I think, given the season he's had, that must be a real kind of marker for him yeah. that he can just go out and enjoy his football. I agree. 
I was also impressed with uh, Thomas in in a, in a slightly different way. Just his movement and his pace and his dynamism, I suppose. I mean, I don't think he's. I think a lot would have to happen for him to be starting or appearing for for the for the A team, if you like. Um, but I was actually impressed by what he did in his in his movement and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, do you want, all in all, I, I thought it was a, a decent exercise. I mean, the game itself was pretty dire. Dire, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, but do you know, I think if the game ends nil nil, I think Giggs comes in for a fair amount of criticism. But we go and win the game, and everyone says, "Well done, you did that right." And and that that just the the margins yeah. when you play, you know, big games in such important in such small spaces, it just goes to show what those margins are really. Um, and I thought overall, you know, like you say, it wasn't a great game. The second half was definitely better than the first. The first half was awful. Um, misplaced passes, um, very little threat. Um, and the way we kind of built our play, I thought, was quite quite laborious. But second mm-hmm. half, I thought we got into them a bit more. Um, seemed to be a lot more forward-facing, um, less sideways passing, so it became a bit more dynamic. Um, and it wasn't a particularly better game to watch second half, but it was certainly, you know... More a, purposeful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's, a, that's yeah. a good way to describe it. And you know what? We kept going until the end, and, it, you, you know... Giggs's days at Manchester United and you know you play till the last second and everything I mean that certainly rang true and it was a, quite a bizarre goal mm-hmm. in that I think it was Volks who kind of pulled it across flicked it across and Woodburn chested it in um, but do you know what I think whatever happened I do think we needed to win that game Giggs needed to win that game and we won it no yeah. one got hurt I th- I th- well that's the key really isn't it no one got hurt you could see, as we were talking about earlier, you could see a system developing. Um, there were some good options that if we've got some injuries further down the line or some suspensions, you know, between the between those two things, we're not going to go between now and November without having to dip into True. some of these secondary players. Uh, and I think for them to have a run out in a format that seems to be becoming the template, uh, it's important. I agree, and I think you look at the other games that we've got lined up where we play one competitive game a window. I mean, I I'm, I don't I can't imagine Giggs is looking at Belarus, for example, as a big challenge. Um, and it is utterly, you know, ultimately, sorry, a sideshow, isn't mm-hmm. it? I wouldn't say it's irrelevant, but it's certainly a sideshow. And I'm sure we will see this pattern again and again, where basically you big big names get rested and yeah. and everyone else kind of battles for, this, for yeah. the open spaces. And I think it's also good to see a squad of that number, frankly, wanting to be there, yeah, knowing true. that they may get minimal time, knowing that they'll get time within a B game at best. You know, it's not that long ago that we might have been scraping together 23 with plenty of people who yeah. weren't going to turn up for yeah. a friendly. Uh, so to have that kind of buy-in, I think, is a great sign of no, how we're developing, I think that's fair. too. I think that's yeah. fair. And I think that um, it's great that we have a B team, you know, not just in terms of numbers, but in, that, in terms of quality. You know, you look through that team there, there's, there were only a couple of people making their first start. A lot of those people have played yeah. and started Wales games before. It's not like there were just a load of randomers thrown mm-hmm. in. I yeah. mean, I appreciate we'll never play that lineup again, probably, but, you know, that principle still, still counts mm-hmm. that, we are we are starting to properly build up some depth here, um, and again, looking at what we can build up from the future, 
probably not Hedges, but maybe Thomas could maybe be involved. You'd imagine Woodburn will be involved uh, in the future. Uh, certainly, uh, Roberts obviously plays an active role. And then you've got people like Ash and Dummett. And like, these are people who are in and around the mm-hmm. first team. So, you know, there's definitely a. Um, a sense of depth that I I genuinely can't ever remember us yeah, having. I would agree with that. Um, in my lifetime, so you know, all in all, I thought it was a worthwhile exercise. Um, just a little word on the game actually being in Wrexham. Mm-hmm. Anthem sounded great, um, and I really enjoyed that you could hear the different accent going through <laughs> in the anthem. I enjoyed that. Equally, um, I've seen a lot of people criticise the atmosphere. I think if you criticise the atmosphere, the game hasn't been there for 11 years. No. It was at the Millennium Stadium every year for however long and Cardiff City Stadium after that and it was still crap then. Yeah. You can't build an... You're not going to expect an atmosphere in one game, I think, you know, and it, it wasn't exactly as if it was a scintillating stuff no. on the pitch, was it? You know? No, there wasn't a great deal happening. Calm there down. was There yeah. was, wasn't much to get behind, yeah, in fairness. exactly. Um, I did want to talk about the talk about the lineup versus kind of people's expectations. Um, I've got no issue with that lineup, given it was the too. Thursday before the Sunday, and clearly Sunday was a different level of attention needed. If that game had have been in Cardiff or Swansea, it would have been the same lineup. You can't choose a team based on the location of the game. And so the fact that it was 11 years since we've been at Wrexham should not be the driving force behind the team selection. Where I do think the FAW may have kind of missed a trick is even if Bale and Ramsey, Allen, Davies had kind of gone out at half time and given everybody a sort of photo op or, um, or I don't know, Wilson and Bale took a few free kicks or something just so, just so, Folks saw them. Um, okay, yes, yeah, so I have seen Gareth Bale on a football field. Um, and I do think that the, this perception that the North Walians were a bit sort of shortchanged, as it were, um, may, have, may have been helped if something like that had happened. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. I, I think it's a difficult one because at, at the end of the day, Giggs has, has got to do a job. Mm-hmm. And that job involves getting us to the Euros and I did see a few like really bizarre things on Twitter and Facebook like you know I'm going to send a, a letter of complaint to the FAW I'm just like I'm sorry if if that's how you feel about it like please go and never come back because you've you've missed the point and I appreciate that it's a sm- very very small minority of people um, and there is you know the bigger picture is so vast that I think like you say the right thing was done but I agree I think they could have done more I thought it was bizarre that they were Bizarre is the wrong word. I thought it was odd choice that they were just kind of on the Tuck, terrace sort of thing. Tucked in the corner, yeah. basically. Tucked up in the gods, yeah. And I don't know whether they, like you said, free kicks, they could have just been named on a massive bench mm-hmm. and at half-time they just came out and warmed up. They were never going to play. There's no intention. Yeah. They're just kicking a ball around. Um, I agree with you. They could have been a bit cuter like that. But again, ultimately, the priority was no one got hurt. Yeah. And no one got hurt. So I, I think, and I, I don't think they were shortchanged, I think. No. And I can't, and I'm just trying to think for the game that was 11 years ago, it wasn't as if we were playing a who's who of Welsh football history, you know, beating Norway 3 0. Um, it was, you know, it's more about the prestige, I guess, of, of having the, having a Wales game back at, at the race course and having the national team back at 
our oldest international state or the oldest international stadium. Um, and I think, you know, it's the first step on a road back to having more games, friendly internationals back in North Wales. And I'd imagine moved around around the grounds in Wales. So I think we've just got to appreciate it for what it is. It is the first step on that on that road, I think. Some questions about why suddenly the race course is okay for internationals and it hasn't been previously. It was all, that all seems a bit fishy. Do you know what? It was, think, it was funny, actually. I was thinking that because I remember we had a conversation about this, didn't we? And I think... I could be wrong, and again, I've done no research, <laughs> but I think it's okay for friendly matches. I don't think it's okay for competitive internationals. Okay, so if the two parties agree at, at the friendly level, you yeah. can kind of almost play it where you fancy. Yeah, which is why I think it was called a, a challenge match rather right. than a friendly match. I, and again, please do email in. <laughs> um, but I think I think that's what it is. If both okay. parties agree on it, then it, it doesn't matter because it's not a... a, a a competitive game. Okay, fair enough. To move on to the competitive game, yes. where we probably have a lot more to say. <laughs> um, obviously, Wales, and I'm sorry if this is a spoiler, went and beat Slovakia 1-0. <laughs> I think we might have given it away <laughs> yeah, already. Um, went and beat Slovakia 1-0. Um, it was a, a very good performance altogether. It wasn't the swashbuckling performance, I think, um, some people have, have said it was, but I, I thought it was a very solid performance. We played well and, and ultimately got got the win we needed. Um, to look at the the start in eleven, the big conversations were obviously we were talking about that what that one space mm-hmm. was in the team, and it turned out it was probably the centre half. Um, equally, we had um, a change of plan up front with Ramsey getting injured uh, in the build up to the game. So obviously Giggs had a decision to make there. His decision to replace, uh, to to play, sorry, Lawrence next to Mepham was obviously his one space in the squad mm-hmm. available, um, and he replaced James, uh, replaced Ramsey with James. I I'm sure he'll be thinking that those two decisions scarcely could have gone any better for him. Yeah, I think both of them played exceptionally well. I mean, James had such impact. Um, one very obvious, but but more his yeah. just his energy and his his uh, running and the, the I think the way the four of them at the front were trying to create space for each other and the fact that you couldn't really have identified who was in what position. Very true. Um, I liked I liked the variation and the confusion that that brings to what's an experienced defence after all. Um, I thought Lawrence's, we've touched on it already, but I thought his ball distribution in particular was really helpful from I the agree. back. I agree. Um, and there was some some passes that, you know, it was just straight past um, Alan and Smith and, and into space. And, you know, we could get forward quite quickly then. Um, we weren't really playing on the break, but I don't think Slovakia kind of... It lent itself to that sort of game. Yeah. Um, but I think in, a, in, in games where you might need to push that a little bit more I think that that direct distribution could turn out to be really useful no I, I totally agree I thought he was rock solid to be honest at the back mm-hmm. I thought he as you say distributed the ball very very well he looked they looked like they'd played a lot of times yeah. together and and I don't think they ever have <laughs> so um all in all I was I was really impressed by the by the partnership that they built up and I, I think it was definitely the right decision I would I could have happily have seen Dummett in there because I thought he played well the other night but 
you know no argument there for, in that in that perspective mm-hmm. in regards to James like you say I th- for me I thought he was the man of the match I know you know other people have said a few other things but his direct running his pace they were petrified they were kicking him I think they got five bookings in, yeah. in the first half seven in the whole game and I, th- I reckon he was responsible for at least three of them um, he um, his goal was brilliant and I think his pace and his movement, and I'm, I know we'll talk about this this later, but in terms of the way we pressed, which was so effective, his ability to do that obviously helped, you know, got him his goal really, but his ability to do that all in and his threat in that part of the pitch and our part of our tactical plan, I thought, was really, really impressive as well. Yeah, it does throw up some interesting... We'll get on to it later about the, the next games, but it does throw up some interesting questions no. about what the formation might I be agree. going forward. I agree, I agree. Um, I thought Matt Smith had a really mature game yeah. for a kid as young as he is. He was making really mature, safe, and I don't want that to sound as a criticism because part of your role as a holding midfielder is to play the safe, yeah. the safe passes and make the safe decisions. And I thought he played excellently. And there's a great partnership building there with Alan, actually. You consider how they played in the island game in this game you know they're working really well together Alan seemed to be everywhere um you forget what a good player he is I know I mean I I, watching that was nothing short of staggered to to think that he is 16th in the in the championship or something like that um I, I can't believe that but I, to, to go on to it I, I totally agree with what you said about Matt Smith I thought he was outstanding um I was worried that replacing Ampadu uh, with Matt Smith could make us kind of a bit light because we are, you know, apart from the two centre-halves, quite a physically small team mm-hmm. height-wise and Bale as well, to be fair. But um, I think he he didn't need to be physical and, mm-hmm. and you know, he, he measured everything. He read the ball so well, read the game so well. And again, he's alongside Alan, who is another, you know, fantastic player at doing that. But... I was impressed by the steel he had. He was yep. properly stuck in. And I thought there, were, there was a passage, not long after the goal, where the ball was at the back. We moved the ball across the back line. It went back to Hennessy, went back into the back line, into midfield. He sprays a diagonal across. And we ended up getting a corner out of it. And it was just brilliant to watch. And, it, and I remember in that moment thinking, he's some player, this yeah. lad, isn't he? Yeah, and he's 18. Yeah, and, and he looks... <laughs> Eight. <laughs> like he could legitimately be playing for Wales for another twenty five years by the look of his face. Um yeah, I uh, I was really impressed with him. I thought he was outstanding. I thought um I thought again, I thought Joe Allen was, was great back there as well, like you've said. The big thing I was impressed about with that midfield is that there was obviously such great communication between the two of them. The amount of times that you see players receive the ball with the back to the goal they're attacking and straight away to kind of take their time and look around what's going on every time one of them knew what was going on and can touch and turn and move yeah. on and and again they, they seem like a real partnership and you know we're going to talk about you know how how and if Ramsey comes back into the team and stuff but I would also say there's an argument there whether Ampadu comes back mm-hmm. into the team and where Ampadu comes back into the team because you know he's a very very good footballer but he's not playing football yeah um whereas Smith is playing every single week and it and I and I felt it really should yeah you could see the growth that he's gaining from being with FC20 um 
maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I think there's I think there's a real argument for Ampadu not having that spot right at the minute. If you yeah. want, if you if you're playing to holding midfielders in that way, yeah, I agree. And I think what's interesting is that one of the big reasons that Giggs gave for dropping Ash is that he's not playing every mm-hmm. week, and that's one reason where he did play at Pick Lawrence. Well, if that's his philosophy, which I'm a huge fan of, by the way, um, then you'd have to say that Ampadu doesn't get in that in that team. Um, on the basis that Smith is playing every week and should he continue to do that, which I can't see any reason that would change. Um, again, you know, and again, we'll come on to a few other things later, but all of these problems are brilliant problems <laughs> and you could not have dreamed yeah. six or so years, years ago even that we would have we would have these problems. In fact, even in that run to the Euros, you know, you can't imagine that we would have this sort of conversation because our squad depth seemed so limited. Mm-hmm. And bar one or two, you know, we knew the substitutions were going to happen and who was going to come in. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, it's a it's a very very positive situation to be looking at. In terms of the the front four, obviously we had um, Wilson, Brooks. I might uh, Dan James. I don't know why my mate goes blank so Dan yeah, and Gareth Bale. I just couldn't remember Dan James's face. I could see his face in my head, but I couldn't remember his name for some reason. Um and the four of them at front, um playing together. Bale ultimately was the was the number nine, but you know, played as a false nine really. Yeah. Um great link up play between a lot of them. Um Brooks. Oh my god. He is a great player. Unreal. Isn't he? Yeah. And there was a moment where he had the ball on the right hand side. He cut in, megged someone, few stepper was mugged someone else off, and then I hit that kind of curling shot mm-hmm. on his left foot. And I remember thinking to myself, shit, <laughs> he is really good at football. Yeah. <laughs> really good at football. Um, and uh, I mean, the irony is when you look at those four and you feel Wilson had the weakest game of the four. Yeah. In fact, you could actually make a case that maybe Bale had the weakest game of the four. Yeah. But I, I would go with Wilson. Um and you consider what his capabilities are and what he can bring to the team, and yet you feel he perhaps was the one that was carried is too strong a word, but perhaps had the least, least obvious uh, contribution. Yeah. And when you can say that about a player of his quality, then it shows how well they're gelling as a, yeah. as a unit. I agree. It does come back to the quite how Ramsey fits, fits in. in. Yeah. 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 I think looking looking at looking back at the game um, just just briefly, I thought first half. It would. It probably went exactly to plan as what as he as Giggs kind of dreamt up. Um, the combination of the way we defended and contained Slovakia because I don't really remember uh, Hennessy having anything to do. There wasn't much in the first half. Certainly, he collected a few crosses and and that was about it really. Um, so that was great. My concern then, as we as we moved into the second half, was would we be able to contain that because we were pressing quite high up the pitch, yeah. um, which again, which I was really impressed with, and it wasn't constant, which I really liked. There seemed to be, and I couldn't work out what the 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 cue was, right. but there was a definite cue I felt where it was something had happened or something had moved or the ball had gone to a certain area and, and they that's dropped when, back a bit. Yeah. yeah, we either pushed or dropped depending yeah. on the circumstance. So I was really impressed with that. Um, and I really enjoyed that. And there were moments where, you know, as I say, some of the football we played mm-hmm. following those presses was just scintillating. And, and and the goal itself, to look at that goal, um, that comes from a press. It comes from a turnover in the midfield. Yeah. Quick one-touch passing. And Brooks is bam, away. We're away. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I uh, you know the, the the way that worked first half I thought was excellent. I, I thought second half it wasn't quite as effective, and we sat that little bit too deep, mm-hmm. kind of controlled them fairly well in in midfield, but allowed them to kind of get in behind us a bit more. And yeah, I think that I think that's a good way of describing it. I do feel we allowed that yeah. um, more than necessarily Slovakia took the game to us. I think we we were sitting back that much further. Um, obviously, it ultimately went to more of a back five, which kind Later of in the game, it, yeah. it sort of invites people onto yeah. you as well, doesn't it? Um, and I think we missed James's threat at that point as well. They yeah. weren't quite as scared of what was happening at our offensive end of the of the field once we were down to three at the front, really, yeah. rather than four. And that enabled them to push up a bit more and, and peg us back a bit more, along with our own defensive decisions. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, there are risks in that. I, I kind of like the fact that Giggs had the confidence in the defensive unit to, to say, okay, right, this last 20 minutes, we're going to play a more Coleman-esque yeah. game. We're going to shut up shop. We're going to, and we're going to do it. We're going to hold them. And in some respects, that's quite a, well, it is a big risk, but it's also a big risk when you consider our recent history of games where we've let in equalisers late in important yeah. games um so i think there's a kind of tick in his in his box for having the confidence in that unit to to deliver that uh, but also the timing of it as well at a point where we know that's been risky behavior for us lately uh, so again i was impressed with that it seemed very methodical and kind of planned yeah. out didn't it yeah it was almost like the second it was like we've already had this conversation if it's 70 minutes mm-hmm. and we're one nil this is what we yeah. do and we, we shut up shop and see it out. We're not making the same mistakes as we have in the past. Which partly I was kind of impressed with in the, the decision making that he mm-hmm. was very clear about what he wanted to do. Right, this is the plan. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. You know, he could see that steam was running out a little bit at the front. Very okay, true. what's what's our statistical probability here? Are we going to win this game by pushing forward and getting a second? Yeah. And perhaps even ourselves open or are we going to win this game by shoring up the defence and, and putting absorbing. the emphasis there and absorbing, good word. Um, Thanks. And, <laughs> and I think it was interesting that Giggs, of all people, went for the latter, when I'm sure his natural instinct is to go for the former. Yeah. Uh, so, again, just just a, what I feel is a better level of coaching and a better level of tactical kind of nuance and nounce than we'd seen in last year's game. Hopefully, True. a sign of the times going forward, but good to see. I think the the only thing, you know, you talked about the second goal there, is that we did waste a couple of decent yeah. chances. The Wilson one, uh, particularly, is the one that stands out. As I say, he didn't have a particularly strong game. Um, he didn't have a bad game mm-hmm. by any stretch, and I thought he worked very hard on the defensive side of things. Actually, I've got to say, um, covering the covering the fullbacks mm-hmm. and, and helping out in that regard. But when that became apparent, we weren't going to get that second goal. Um, I think he probably made the right tactical decision um sorry my wife just started <laughs> drying her hair if you can just hear a pick up a noise in the background um whilst it was probably the right tactical decision I, the one thing i did think was there is a difference between having five at the back and kind of defending a certain way than having five at the back and everyone drops in and i think that is the one mistake that he will probably look to iron out moving forward because 
taking James off, yes, it limited our attacking threat, but also it was one less person when we didn't have the ball in that midfield block. Yeah. And as a consequence, we started to get overrun a little bit. And I think that's the thing he will want to to change um, and work on. Because I, we those the whole two holders fell a bit too deep because they had to. Yeah. Um, and then I know Volks came on. And then there was a gap on. right in front of them. Yeah, and then there was a big yeah. gap in front of them. And as a consequence, when we had the ball then, a lot of what we were doing was just spraying these long balls. And sometimes it works great, and sometimes you end up giving possession away, and you, you kind of end up sitting yeah. back in and in and in. Um, so I think that's the one thing he will kind of look to address. Yeah, and I think swapping Brooks for Roberts at that point, I'm not sure in that framework I, I would necessarily agree yeah. with, because I think... It's another, he tends to be that much further forward. Mentally, he's that much yeah. further forward. I think it creates another gap there yeah. between your holding midfield and the remainder of the midfield. Yeah. Um, so I think one, one, each of those substitutions kind of compounded the, yeah. compounded the issue. No, a that's bit. fair. Yeah. Thought Hennessy had a great game. I thought, yeah. We I th- really needed him in the last yeah. 20, 25 minutes. And there were a couple, in some respects, a couple of lucky saves, things yeah. that ricocheted around. And, you know, 18 months ago may have bounced differently the, way, yeah. the way our luck was going. Uh, but I don't think we can underestimate how he kept us in in the game. I as totally well. agree. The, the save in the first, the first save, the one on one save, is, is a phenomenal mm-hmm. save. And I know he gets a bit lucky with where the rebound goes, but it, the, the initial save is superb. And the same with the second one is that the save itself is a brilliant reflex save. We got a bit lucky in the fact that it kind of dropped straight to the Slovakian guy's feet and he basically fell over. Mm -hmm. So I do think, whilst I think it's important that we celebrate the fact that we kept a clean sheet, I do also think we need to recognise that it worked well as much to do with luck, in the second instance especially, than we just held out well yeah. and I think we earned that luck we deserved it um, but again moving forward I think that is a lesson Giggs will look to to learn because I think we need to do something different to, to stop that happening because at the end of the day Croatia are a much better team yeah. and I think when you know versus their midfield I think we'll have to approach things a little bit differently um, yeah if you think of a Modric running into that space we were talking about a couple of yeah. minutes ago, we'd be in trouble. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it does kind of change the complexion of things as yeah. well. So um, all in all, obviously, a, a great a great win. And, you know, no no argument there, really. A vital win, one we had to, we kind of had to win. Um, before we look at the, you know, what would happen next, what is your take on um, Croatia, sorry, losing to Hungary? You mean in the sense of is it a good or a bad result for us? Yeah. I think I think I'd vote on the good end of the of the scale. Me too. Um I mean I think there there is some argument about letting a team run away with the group and fight for second. Yeah. But equally that means that you're fighting for one place. Yeah. You know, we might as well fight for two. I agree. <laughs> um and I think when you consider that you know, if results had gone against us, we could be on zero points and, and facing both Slovakia and Croatia on six yeah. today. We could be sitting here That's looking at true. that as an option. Um, so the fact that we're all sitting there on three is probably about as good as we could expect when you can when you consider they've played two games. No, I um, agree. So 
it, you know, it's a word a word of warning. Those two games we've got coming up in June, um, they're going to be difficult games. Yeah. Hungary have obviously got something about them. Croatia have clearly got something yeah. about them. Um, we don't normally double header games are an advantage for teams, but they don't seem to be an advantage for, for us. For us. <laughs> um, and so I think as well at that point in the season, we're probably going to have a few people crossed off the list for you know injuries yeah. or or they need some surgery and they need the length of the summer to deal with it and you know all sorts of reasons um you can imagine joe allen picking up a second yellow card in the first game and not being available for yeah the, for the second, second one true you know you can you can picture all of that um so i think we're gonna we're gonna need the squad and and again Giggs has made a point of, of talking about the fact that Two two games in that proximity with the intensity they have, the travel we're going to have for that double header. Yeah. He's going to need to dip into the squad, Absolutely. and he's obviously prepping for that and looking at that, which again is encouraging. No, I agree. Uh, in in my opinion, I think I think it's important there's one team that runs away and wins the group, and I honestly so no, see no reason why it can't be us. Yes. I think we benefited from in a in a from everyone taking points off everyone in the last campaign because it kept us in it until the last minute um, after we basically yeah, messed it up, messed it up <laughs> yeah. ourselves. Um, I see no reason why we can't be that team that goes and wins every game. And, I, and I'm not suggesting for a moment that's what's going to happen. We're not going to cruise through the group. But, you know, Croatia bluffed their way a bit past Azerbaijan and we beat them 2-1. I know they dominated the game. But, uh, you know, at home... You know, that's not a great result. Obviously, they lost the other one. Slovakia lost to us. Um, you know, I don't see why I don't see why we can't be that team. Um, and it's not easy, but I think if we go and can win in Croatia and can go and win in Hungary in our next two games, which I know is a huge ask, um, it's all of a sudden, you know, we could be that team. And I think that's the way we need to approach it: is that everyone else can mess up and do whatever they got to do. Good for them. Don't care. We win our games. We do what we got to do. Yeah, we, we can progress, and I think that's the way we should look at it. And you know, Giggs was asking, like, was being asked, "Sorry, are we playing for second place and all that sort of stuff?" And he was, and again, I was impressed with his sort of responses of, "We want to qualify. That's our aim. We want to win the group. That's our aim." So I think he will see Croatia losing as a as a big bonus, and uh, and rightly so. To move on to our. Big questions. When I say big questions. <laughs> um, and I think they're all kind of positive questions. Um, where do you think is the best position to play Bale? Does playing him as a number nine kind of diminish his role a little bit? Or do you think, given the options we have in up front, uh, up front, sorry, in attack, is that the best role for him in our system? I think he's the best option for that role. I don't think he's, it's necessarily the best role for him. For him, yeah. I think that's the and that's the frustration because you'd want you'd always want to play him in what you feel can draw the best out of him. Um, but he's also I mean you could put him in goal and he you know he'd, he'd be he'd be happy, wouldn't he? And he'd, he'd yeah. give it one hundred and ten percent. Probably still be our best player. <laughs> um, so on that basis, I think we're fortunate that we've got someone. Um, with the kind of dedication and determination that you can move him around and throw him anywhere and ask him to do anything. Yeah. Um, you can imagine some more sort of prima donna players that wouldn't wouldn't be happy with Absolutely. that. Uh, but I, I do think it's a pity that we're not able to pull the best out of him by the necessity of having him in that. Where do you think is his best role then? 
I would put him just behind a number nine. Like as a, like as yeah. a 10 sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Sort of nine and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's interesting that because I think his best role is that number nine role. I just don't think he had a particularly good game right. uh, against Slovakia. I think he... Um, I don't think the number 10 role suits him as well. And I, the, the main reason for that is is because naturally, when he when I've seen him play those roles before, he wants to drift wide mm-hmm. because that's what he's used to. If we played wide for us, I think then we have to play Vokes or Roberts up front and the step off yeah. from his level to their level, no disrespect, is enormous. Enormous is hard, <laughs> is big. So I think, as a consequence, it's the, it's the only natural fit. And he he's our all-time record goal scorer. We've got our all-time record goal scorer playing up front for mm-hmm. us. Like, it's not a, you know... It's not a problem, I don't think. Um, I think when you look at the riches we've got just behind him as well, it, again, it, then it makes even more sense to yeah, have him where you're. Exactly. Where well, it at. takes someone else out of that lineup, yeah. and I don't know. We'd be we'd be here for hours if we had to decide to, to drop Brooks, Wilson, Ramsey, James, and that's before we've got on to the Matondos mm. and, and and Tom Lawrence, even um, those sort of players. So, you know, our depth in that area is actually quite staggering so to put Bale in that mix as well yeah I think he's yeah. daft no I agree I think it's, it's like we started with I think I think it's the best position for him because of what else it lets us do yeah it's the best use of him yeah to us as a collective I, totally I just agree. think it's a pity that it doesn't necessarily bring the best out of him speaking of our attacking riches um First of all, when when Rambo is assuming Rambo is fit for the next two games, does he start for you? I think, given the form he's showing for Arsenal at the minute, and the fact that Wilson seems to be going a little bit off the boil, I would probably say yes, yeah. uh, based on what I'm seeing currently from the two of them. And Wilson is the one you would probably because I think James's speed is just yeah. not that Wilson's slow for that matter, um, but I think what Ramsey and Wilson can bring is a little they're a little bit more again each other James I think offers something just slightly different um, so I think that's the, the change I would make assuming that the three of them over the next two months their play is sort of what we're seeing currently yeah. you know I think Wilson is kind of dropping off a bit naturally just as he's a young lad it's his first full season yeah. you know he had a sparkling start to the end I think he's just tiring mm-hmm. which is perfectly understandable um also i think it's a bonus in a way that ramsey has kind of had a bit part role for arsenal this year because he's not tired himself out yeah and he, when he has come on for arsenal he's really made an impact and i think that's going to benefit us going into ironically having said all of those things he did then pick up an injury before <laughs> the game but um i think for me the best thing about ramsey is that he plays a sort of two roles that i don't think any of the other four or five or whoever else you want to put on that list can play. He plays like between an eight and a ten. Yeah. Like he does do that little bit going the other way. And I think against, if we play the same system against Croatia, you know, with players like Modric dipping deeper to pick up the ball, he's a natural person to come and do that. Whereas Hamzik was doing it and either Wilson or Brooks or whoever weren't 
really... Yeah, they weren't on it. Um, yeah. Kind of involving themselves there. And I think Ramsey would put a bit more pressure on in that role. So for me, he definitely comes in. I think James has to has to play just because his pace is frightening. Mm. Frightening, sorry. Um, and I'm, I'm not dropping Di Brooks for anyone. Um, so for, for me, again, assuming that Wilson continues mm-hmm. on his trajectory and, and, and Ramsey on his, I think that's the, yeah. the natural swap. I did wonder, though, whether we might... Looking at the holding midfield, though, whether... there's a, Obviously, there's a question about whether Ampadu should be involved... Um, I think if he's playing at the rate or not playing at the rate that he is currently, you can't put him ahead of Smith. Yeah. Um, but I did wonder whether there was a possibility of almost like a trio there of them, of Smith and Ampadu and Allen. Right. In that sort of holding to central midfield role and then go Ramsey and Bale and Brooks ahead of them. That's interesting. Um Particularly could, perhaps against Croatia, yeah, where you might just need a bit more teeth in the middle. Yeah, I'm not sure that he might play five at the back against Croatia, mm-hmm. and I think this is where Ampadu might come back in. Is I think he'll play the five at the back, and I think Ampadu will be one of the three at the back, mm-hmm. and he'll be the one to kind of push forward to push forward and bring the ball out, but also kind of close down a little bit more. Um, could be wrong, but I can I can see that happening. Um, only because you know we've talked Giggs has talked about experiments that's how we set up against Spain mm-hmm. and and I with the benefit of hindsight I think he set up that way against a good side to mirror to setting up against this mm-hmm. good side so I'd be very intrigued to see if, if that plays plays out that way but that would be my my guess mm-hmm. And would you bring Chester back? I don't think you can. I think he's he's not been in rich form for Villa. He's not played a huge amount mm-hmm. um, before his injury. He's been kind of in and out of the side. That's, he has played a lot, but he's been in and out of the side. Um, so for me, no. I, I, I think to play alongside Mepham, I would at the moment probably go Lawrence, Dummett, Chester in, okay. in terms of my pecking order um, but again all of these problems are, you know you could never imagine a few <laughs> years ago that we'd have these problems so they're all good problems to have I, I think I think the other thing is with Chester as well is he's that just that little bit older mm-hmm. and in a couple of years we could be back in this position again where we're talking about who's going to replace who and I think Maybe it's a, a nod toward the future a little bit in that Lawrence could probably, if that's his choice, play for us in this campaign and then looking forward to the World Cup qualifiers as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that's Giggs's outlook towards it is that he's looking one step to the future as well, which is another reason, again, I think, why Chester would be below Dummett in the, okay. in the pecking order. Because, again, Dummett's quite a young, quite mm-hmm. a young lad. Um. But do you know what? Again, like all of these problems are all, you know... They're all lovely problems, yeah, aren't they? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ampadu is the, is, is, is the interesting one. I could see them putting him in one of the two games and say, just, Ethan, just run your legs off. Yeah. Just cover every blade of grass. You've got 90 minutes to empty the tank. Yeah. And then 
somebody, you know, someone else comes yeah. in for the next one. No, I think that's a fair. I think it's a fair shout. Um, looking forward to the double header a little bit. I think um, the hungry game is the game we've we've got to in inverted commas win. Mm-hmm. And I think to an extent, because of what happened to Croatia in Hungary, the Croatia games, it's not a free hit, but it's not far off because we're already three points ahead of them. No, we're not. We're on the no. same amount of points as them, but we've got a game in hand, yeah. sorry, um, which I think will be the Hungary game. Mm-hmm. So I think we've got to win that Hungary game. And then obviously I know the Croatia game comes first, but, you know. Be that much more desperate for a win out of that game having having lost to Hungary aren't they yeah it does boost the the need for that interestingly though I would have thought I, would, I thought they would have benefited from being in a you know a packed stadium and everything mm. else and they've paid they're playing it in this fairly tiny stadium in Oshek I, I think that's how you pronounce it um which may actually kind of go against them in a little mm. bit I, I think they've done it so that we can't Take come over in numbers yeah. but I think it may work against them a little bit and it won't create the kind of intimidating atmosphere that They'd perhaps be for. we could have faced yeah. elsewhere so um, but and you say they're desperate to win I don't see why I'm not saying that's a bad thing for yeah. us but I think the fact that they will look at that Hungary game as as an issue yeah. and hence and they know they haven't performed well in the yeah. two games that they've done and and here they are with another home game that they need to take some points out yeah. otherwise come the, the gap to September is like ooh, yeah. yeah um I know I agree with you and, and they will be fired up and I think I don't know I personally I can see us <laughs> jinx alert to everyone <laughs> I can see us going out there and winning that game 1-0 mm-hmm. I really can't I can see us in fact winning both games 1-0 well, I'm, I'm not going to ask that. you I'm not going to ask you to play the prediction game this far not yet not yet um, <laughs> but I really can just the way we set up and the way we play and I think Giggs will learn lessons mm-hmm. um, from from what we've just witnessed and and I think he will act on them and I say that because you know and I never thought I'd say it, but against those other teams, he does seem to have learned some sort of lessons in that kind of free hit mm-hmm. first year that he talked about when he he kind of put a plan in place and, and executed it well. I, I wrote, so I'm not going to repeat myself, some positive things about gigs. Um, I wanted to ask you specifically, <laughs> be, only because we talked about the trip to South Africa that he'd yeah. not long been on and everything else, his Vietnam stuff. Um, do you think that this has restored a bit of faith for you that whilst he's doing all these extracurricular activities he's still it's a bad expression yeah. where he's concerned <laughs> sorry whilst he's doing other 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 jobs i think that's probably just as bad to be fair whilst he's working away uh, um, do you think that this is going to have the kind of effect that you think it, you thought it might or do, is this kind of giving you a bit of a, a confidence booster oh it's helped undoubtedly um it doesn't mean that I don't think there are still questions about yeah. his um, his kind of professional approach to to us. Um, be interesting to see what comes of this Comic Con thing in in yeah. June, whether that actually happens. Yeah, um, I th- I think that's a ridiculous thing. If it does, hopefully yeah. he'll pull out of it. 
And I think that would make a statement as well that, yeah. you know, his priorities are changing yeah. and becoming more focused. So I'm kind of hanging fire at the minute, see what happens. Yeah. I haven't got a problem with the notion that last year was a free hit. It does it does frustrate me that we approach that game with Den if we approach that game with Denmark as a free hit when we could have got to a point where we were in a, a playoff for the yeah. for qualifying already. Um, I think that shows a naivety that perhaps we can't afford. Yeah. Uh, but you have to be positive after these two games. Yeah, I totally so. agree. And, and, and I think from my perspective, he's definitely improved as to what I would think of him. Um, because he has got it spot on. But, you know, it is one game, I suppose, mm-hmm. and we've got to be got to be careful. But I think he... Uh, I was actually impressed with the way he spoke and handled himself much more than I have been... Uh, in time, time gone by as well, but as you say, you know, it's one game. I'll I'll tap him on the back and send my apology letter once, <laughs> you know, if we qualify for the Euros. Um, speaking of qualifiers, ahead of the women's games in August, they have a friendly yeah. coming up against the Czech Republic uh, next Thursday, I think it is. Um, the squad has been announced for that for the women, and it is a fairly full strength squad to be perfectly honest I couldn't see any kind of notable absentees but I was intrigued the fact there was only 20 names um, on the list that had gone that are going uh, that are playing they're not going anywhere it's in, it's in Newport um, I think it's uh, going to be an interesting game for them because they're kind of similarly ranked yeah they're very yeah we're 29th and they're 31st yeah. so we should have a very on par game um, they're uh, star player, I suppose, for want of a better expression, um, Lucy Vonkova. She plays for Bayern, uh, but I noticed she didn't play in their recent quarterfinal, so I don't know. She's in the squad, but I right. don't know if she's um, necessarily fit. Right. Okay. So that might that might help us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but great to see just the ticket sales for that game, Rodney Parade. Yeah. You know, up in, up over the thousand mark already. Uh, and it's not that long ago that a few hundred for a competitive game would have been a, a normal yeah. turnout. Um, so to be up over a thousand already, for, and presumably there's going to be a reasonable number of people who's going to rock up yeah. on the on the night as well. I read that uh, this is a record, will already be a record attendance mm-hmm. for a friendly, which yeah. is it's great, which is amazing. And they're making Rodney Parade into um, into their home, their home they? as well. Yeah, um, and it just goes to show the progress that you know, things are making and how far we've come mm-hmm. um, in such a short space of time. We, know, we talked to Tash and Jess about the impact that all of this is having. And the big thing for them was it can't go away. We can't have this big rush and then it disappears. Yeah. And it doesn't look to no. all intents and purposes like it is disappearing. Yeah. And Lauren Dykes is hopefully going to get her 100th cap, 100th cap yes. which will be wonderful. That's really good. Congratulations to her. Um, do you want to touch on Sophie Ingle and, and Jess Fishlock yes. playing in the semi-finals yes I mean when you consider we're in a position where our captain and our leading cap earner yeah are in the semi-finals of European Championship I yeah. mean it just says how far we've come yeah. in terms of the, the quality of the and our manager is uh, a European Cup winner there we are and the yeah actually yeah and the you know the quality of what the girls are experiencing week in week out that then they can apply to the international yeah. games um I mean, good luck to both of them. Yes. I think it's going to be an interesting game. I think Leon have obviously got a bit more depth mm-hmm. uh, and, and experience, really, than yeah. Chelsea uh, in that department. But Chelsea's winner to get them through was 
very late and dramatic in the day. So I guess you can't really... Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that they weathered off. that and came through in such a difficult uh, end, as you say, end to the, yeah. the two legs, um, and they saw it out, I think that's the sort of momentum that carries you in competitions oh, like that, isn't massively. it? So, that, you know, they may have more, more to offer than perhaps it seems. Yes, I yeah. totally agree. Um, well, unbelievably, we've come in at less than an hour. Well, do you want to touch on... Um, because you watch the sea game yes. so tell me a bit about that um, I really enjoyed it mm-hmm. it was quite an open game and England's team I would say certainly looked more comfortable on the ball mm-hmm. move, move the ball about a lot better than, than we did at, at points but we looked a genuine threat on the break um, and we hung on in the game and some of the defending there was I, I forget now off the top of my head who it was someone with the you know very very deep in the game made an unbelievable tackle <laughs> right at the end um, when it looked like the English centre forward was going through one on one just kind of appeared from nowhere and made an <laughs> unreal tackle to keep the game at 2-2 but I thought we looked a threat from set pieces we looked mm-hmm. a threat on the break um, as much as anything else it was a really really entertaining game um, and I know we've talked more of late about how the um, the WPL is kind of yeah. become an exciting, a more exciting league, and it's not just TNS kind of running away with it this year. There's a lot. There's a big battle going on mm-hmm. at the top, um, and, you, and you can see the the real quality, and it, it shows that maybe people underplay the quality that we have in the WPL, yeah. um, because. It was a great game. We played really, really well. The second goal, especially, was especially well taken. Like a little kind of flick over the last defender, and when the ball kind of bounced, took it on kind of a half volley. And the guy who came on again, I can't remember his name. Like it was like one of his first touches. He'd, right. been, he'd been on the pitch for a couple of minutes. Absolutely spanked it into the top <laughs> corner. It was a brilliant goal. Um, and there was a solid number of people who went uh, mm-hmm. to Salford for the game as well. So, yeah, all in all, I really enjoyed it. It was a, it was a good game of football. The, the draw was very much deserved. I think England will probably feel a little bit hard done by. But do you know what? Second half especially, they didn't really create, you know, huge, huge numbers of chances. Um, I, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good game. And, and I think it's a great addition to the calendar. If I we do, can do yeah. two or three of those a year. Yeah. You know, well, one wonderful for for more people to be able to pull on the shirt. I just think, like, I'm fully in favour of that, yeah. kind of, regardless. Um, but also to, you know, to know if you're playing well at the WPL, there's this opportunity, yeah. there's this chance, you can represent your country, you can play some competitive games. Um, and I do, I think it's a good way to showcase the WPL yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, final things just before we go. Um, oh, my, it's gone blank. Final things just before we go. One of them was <laughs> Merthyr winning 9-0. That flashed up on my feet a, couple of, a, week, a week or so ago, which I thought was incredible. I think they were like 7-0 up at half-time yeah, half or something time. like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and the other one was Connors Key. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Nomads obviously got to the Iron Brew Cup final, yeah. uh, lost 3-1, but did go 1-0 up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you saw the goal. It was a really yeah, cracking little it goal, was. wasn't it? It was. Um, so, yeah, fair play to them for being the well, first Welsh side to get through to that Cup yeah. final. And, I think it's and an- that's another themselves. sign of... Um, of the improvement in the in the league as a whole, yeah. isn't it? The fact you know you're competing. And they played. They beat some good Scottish yeah. teams as well. It wasn't just a, you know, luck and 
you know, a draw in their favour or anything. Yeah. They beat some good yeah. sides to get to that final. And you think Ross County, they played in the final. They yeah. were in the SPL not long mm-hmm. ago. So they, you know, they really did do well to, to get there and, and kind of, from what I saw of the game, give a good account of yeah, themselves Yeah, they did. As well, they played so. well. A 3 1 wasn't, probably wasn't a fair reflection no, in the end. No, I think that's yeah. true. I think that's yeah. fair. Um, well, there you are. We are 20 seconds away from it being an hour. So that is absolutely <laughs> perfect timing. Um, so, yes, it's good to have you back. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, we will do a podcast on the clubs and, and, and the, the coming goes of promotion and relegation soon. And uh, thank you, as always, for listening. Okay, bye-bye. Goodbye. <laughs>